Hey guys, welcome back to Words from a Philly John. I am your host, Selena Marcel, and today's topic is pregnancy then versus pregnancy now. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss my journey and the differences and what it felt like when I was pregnant as a teen versus being pregnant now in my mid-30s. So go ahead and grab you a drink, a snack, or whatever it is you need to tune into this episode, and I'll meet you back here in a moment. So when I was 17, I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, Naomi. And I still remember that day like it was yesterday. It was the week of Thanksgiving. I had been missing a lot of school, which kind of wasn't unusual for me. Um, I never had perfect attendance, so I'll just leave that there. Always got great grades, always, but never had perfect attendance. And um, I was with both of my daughters, their father. We had gotten together um, when I was in the 10th grade. And he's technically only a year older than me, but the way my birthday falls, it kind of makes it feel like it's almost two. Um, So he had already graduated from high school when I got pregnant, when... um, When I was in the 10th grade, he was a senior. So by the time I was in the 11th, he was out. And when I became a senior, he had been out of school for a couple of years and he was just working. Um, He never had any, from what I knew, I'll just say that I don't, I can't necessarily speak for him, but he didn't um, have any plans for like college or you know, continuing education outside of high school. And senior year was just like the craziest year. The day before I was supposed to start my senior year in high school, I was almost arrested because um, the girl that I thought was my best friend had me in a stolen car, (laughs) knowingly had me in a stolen car. And, um... That was just the beginning. So that was September of 2008. And a couple months in October, and I kind of remember, I feel like I know when I got pregnant in October because I cut school a lot and I would just go to their dad's house. And um, I'm not going to say he had a house, but he was renting a room at the time. And so I would go over there because I had a key and everything like that. And, um, There was this one time in October where I was there all day long. And um, I'm pretty sure that's the day I got pregnant with Naomi. So fast forward a month later, month or so later, it's November. And, you know, I'm feeling tired a lot, but mainly just tired a lot. I didn't have morning sickness I didn't have nausea I didn't have any of the 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 typical pregnancy symptoms that most people have even with this pregnancy I I just didn't I felt nausea but not actual morning sickness where I'm running to the bathroom vomiting you know and I'm so grateful for that because I think I would have been miserable my first trimester had I had to go through some of that um but yeah um fast forward I remember I I stayed out of school for the entire week I was just exhausted and something was just like I oh let me go back I hadn't missed a period or anything like that by that point I just felt different and I've always pretty much been in tune with my body to notice the changes that were going on and notice if like something was wrong or whatever, right? And um, yeah, I stayed home from school that entire week. And I remember my grandmother kept asking me, she was like, are you okay? 
are you pregnant? And I remember one day she just, she really just came out. But this is later. So let me, let me not jump ahead. I, I do that sometimes. Let me not jump ahead. <sighs> okay. So the week of Thanksgiving, 2008, I was kind of paranoid. And I was like, I would talk to their father and I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. Do you think I'm pregnant? And he was like, Selena, you're not pregnant. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I kept, and it was like that for a few days. And then he finally was like, well, we just going to find out. And he went to the store and got me a pregnancy test. And I'll never forget because my mom had been drinking that day. And she would typically get into like these like clean modes where, you know, she would be dancing and drinking and taking all the stuff down downstairs in the living room and things of that nature. And... Um, so she was kind of, she was oblivious as to what was going on. You know, I don't think she had any idea. And so, yeah, he went to the corner store and came back and like discreetly handed me the little plastic bag. (laughs) And I like went into the kitchen, got me a little cup that I knew I was going to throw in the trash, went upstairs, took the pregnancy test. And that was the longest, however many minutes it takes, you know, for a pregnancy test to pop up and show whether it's positive or negative. And I was just sitting in the bathroom, like, anxious as hell, you know, like, just trying to, and and then trying to uh, not feel anything and be, like, desensitized from it all. Um, And then I looked at the pregnancy test and it was positive. And my heart just dropped because senior year was the year I was going to get out. You know, like after I graduated from high school, I was I had planned to leave Philly and just be gone. Like I had all these plans. I really did. Um, I had wanted to move to California and all these other things when I was eight, you know, 17, 18. I really wanted to get away. Um, and as far away as possible. And, um, yeah, my heart just dropped while I was in that bathroom and I was just like, wow. And it it really took a minute to hit me because it's just like, are you really seriously? Like, wow, I can't believe I let myself get into this. And it's nobody's fault in a sense. I was taking birth control, but it wasn't always consistent because, I played sports and I was in dance. I was doing a lot of things. And so a lot of activities and working and and just things. So I didn't always remember. And most of the time, he would remind me to take my birth control um, pill. So, yeah, we ended up pregnant. And I remember I, I went downstairs and I told him. And again, my mom was just like in her own little world oblivious and I go downstairs and I tell their dad his name is Antonio I tell him that I'm pregnant and he's excited he's like oh my god we really gonna have a baby because he had proposed to me multiple times before I was even 18 y'all so like he wanted a family and at 8, 17, 18, I didn't know what the fuck. I, I knew I, I didn't know that I wanted that. I knew that I didn't want to be in Philadelphia around anybody that I was around at that time. So, like, I wasn't thinking about a family. I was thinking about, fuck, now I'm stuck here. Now I'm stuck here. Like, what am I going to do? And placed, like, those mental chains on my mind thinking I couldn't do certain things or go certain places because now I have this baby and when you when you have a child people automatically assume that the baby becomes your entire world and you have no no separate sense of self and that was how I was at 17 it was just everything revolved around this my child and um that's just not realistic y'all it's just not like I'm still my own separate person 
with or without my children. I still have my own separate thoughts, feelings, you know, all of that. And so, yeah, I told him I was pregnant and he was like so excited because he was ready to do the family thing. He was ready to settle down and and have a family. But I'm just in my head. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm 17. You're 19. What do you like? What? (laughs) You know? How are you excited about this? How are you not scared? Like, how, like, I had all of these thoughts and feelings and emotions. And I'm just like, how do you not? But again, in the beginning, he was supportive, you know. Um, My hormones when I was pregnant with Nay were just crazy. I was up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, um, he and I would argue a lot because I was up and down. And, of course, he was on bullshit. He was cheating at that time, but acting like he wasn't cheating, right? Because um, things didn't really come out the woodworks until the following year. But, um, yeah, I got I got pregnant. I told him. He was excited. And I guess at that time, I felt somewhat relieved because of his reaction Um, like he didn't have a negative reaction like I thought he would. And so, um, even though I wasn't 100% okay with it, like I wasn't excited like he was, um, it did feel good knowing that, I mean, at least at that, he had my back at that time, you know? And so... Um, I feel like around my birthday is when everybody else found out I was pregnant. <clears throat> and by the time my birthday had come around, I was about 16 weeks and my 18th birthday. And um, I'll never forget. I told the wrong person. There's this girl I grew up with. We're going to call her um, Pitts. And Pitts always told everybody business. And I had, it took me years to learn not to tell her certain things because certain people just like to talk and tell everybody's business. And, but I I remember I told her that I was pregnant and she told this girl that I didn't even fuck with, that she knew didn't like me and I didn't like her. She told this girl that I was pregnant. And um, another girl that I grew up with on my block, Kalia. (laughs) And I remember... It was on my fucking birthday. My mom, I think she went to the corner store to get something. And she said some little smart ass shit to Kalia. Like, oh, congratulations on your baby. Because Kalia had a baby in like the ninth ninth grade. I think she had a baby at like 16, 15, 16, something like that. And Kalia came back because Kalia always had a smart mouth. She ain't never... She a different breed, y'all. Let's just say that. But she had said to my mom, like, oh, congratulations, congratulations on yours. I heard you gonna be a grandmother. Bruh. It just caused hella drama in my household because Miss Pitts couldn't keep keep what we talked about to herself. You know, hella drama. And so but again, we're teenagers. Y'all know how that shit is when you're young. And so even though I was 18, I was older than Kalia. I'm, I'm older than her. So like, I'm coming out of high school. You still, you still there, sis. But that's not really the point. My mom and all of them found out around my birthday. So like, somewhere between Thanksgiving and my birthday, my birthday is three weeks after Thanksgiving, depending on what day it falls on. My grandmother um, had just came out and flat asked me, like, are you pregnant? And I just looked at her and she was like, I could tell by looking at your neck. And I used to look at her and be like, what? (laughs) Tell by looking? You can't tell shit. And I'm in my head like, you can't tell nothing from looking at my neck. But it was my grandma and she was like real calm about it. You know, like she it wasn't like accusatory or like and it didn't feel like some type of um attack she just wanted she wanted to know and I was like yeah grandma I'm pregnant and she was like oh it's okay Ooh. 
Sorry, when I talk, I be getting emotional when I talk about my grandma. Because I miss her. And she passed in 2018. And it's, I just miss, I really miss talking to her. But, um, yeah, she asked me and she was just like, it's okay. And I remember she gave me a hug. And my grandma was not a hugger, y'all. She was not a hugger. She did not like people touching her. And she just gave me a hug. And I was just like, wow. And... Um, of course, but my grandmom can't hold water either. So, as soon as I told her, you know, everybody fucking know. My mom didn't know. She still asked me. She was like, do your mom know? And I was like, no, she don't. I ain't tell her nothing. But me and my mom, I didn't have that type of relationship with her where if something happened, I was going to come tell her and confide in her. I had other people that I would go confide in because my mom, her... She just could be unpredictable, and I didn't feel like she was really supportive in the way that I needed her to be supportive. So I didn't confide in my mom. Now, of course, she found out um, because Kalia (laughs) said that little smart shit to her. And I remember she came back to the house, and this was my actual 18th birthday. But at that point, I'm, like, kind of defiant, and I I don't care what you think. I didn't care what she thought about it. So, like, when she came and asked me, she was like, yeah, Kalia said something about me being a grandmother. Are you pregnant? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I am. And her, yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't really... <laughs> I didn't really care to tell my mom. My mom was not on my list of people to confide in. So, like, when she found out, and by that, like I said, in my mind at 18, I was like, well, I'm an adult now. I'm a legal adult, so I don't care what you think. I really don't. So, you're going to feel how you feel about it. Like, this, at the end of the day, it's my life, and I got to make the, cho- the choices that I need to make for me and the child that's going to be here, you know, in nine months or whatever. And so, yeah, my I remember my Aunt Sandy and all of them was all super excited. But then my Aunt Sandy, my Aunt Sandy got pregnant with my cousin at 17. And she kept trying to, like, compare me to her and make it seem like I was like her. And um, I'm nothing like you, you know. <laughs> I'm nothing like you. But following that following finding out that I was pregnant um I went to school and I had a teacher she was my AP English teacher because again I had missed a lot of days I had dropped out um I had started to to become very depressed um and not wanting to do anything not wanting to go anywhere not really wanting to talk to anybody or anything like that I felt very judged which I was they you know, being being 18 and pregnant, people will judge you very harshly. And so, yeah, I felt I felt very judged. People had already started, like, counting me out and thinking that because I'm going to have a baby now, I'm going to be on Section 8 and welfare and all these things for the rest of my life because I'm, I'm a teen mom. Like, they had already decided what my life was going to be like before I could even figure out what type of life I wanted to have and what I wanted to do. Prejudgment. And that just made me super depressed. I was suicidal. I really didn't want to live during that time. I just, I was, I was becoming done. And I had dropped out of school. And then I remember everything just kind of imploded because I was at the dad's house and he made a comment and of course, now I know he just wanted me to, um, I'm not going to say do better, but like not give up on myself. And he made this comment like, I really think you should go back to school. And I snapped, y'all. Like, I just, I went off. And he didn't deserve that at that time. Like, he didn't deserve any of that. But again, I'm pregnant. I got hormones. Everybody, everybody, my entire family they're judging me and I'm surrounded by these people and all they do is talk shit about you behind your back so I'm just I'm miserable y'all 
So when he made that comment, I like, I really snapped. And um, I, I remember like throwing my, throwing the keys that he gave me to his place at him and all these, all these type of things. Like I was super triggered and left and went back to my grandma's house and stuff like that. Like it was just, it was crazy. Just one toxic environment to the next, right? Because... I didn't have any space at my grandmother's house. I didn't have a room. Um, throughout my entire pregnancy with Naomi, I slept on a chase lounge in my grandmother's room. I didn't have my own room. My grandfather was living in the house. He had come back. He was living in the house, and he took... My grandma had a three-bedroom house, okay? Two-story, three-bedroom house. Um, my grandma slept in the front room. And my grandfather, he was kind of a hoarder, but he slept in the back room and had all his stuff, all these, all just all types of shit in the middle room. So there was no room for us and they didn't want us to have a room. My mom was sleeping downstairs. We, for a minute, we, first of all, I shared the bed with my mom for so long and I hated that shit. I, I, I hated that shit. Um, I never had my own room really growing up I always shared the bed with her and then I I had my own room for about a year and a half and that that was a nightmare because of who was in that home with us um so my grandma had a sofa bed in the living room my mom would sleep on a sofa bed and yeah did you oh do you want to no I don't want to sleep I don't want to sleep in the bed with you. I'm 18 and I'm pregnant. Why would I want to share a bed with my mother? I'm not doing that. I've done that for the majority of my life. I'm not doing that. So I chose to sleep on the chase lounge because where else I'm going to sleep other than the floor, right? And um, yeah, my so I was sleep on the chase lounge. Very uncomfortable <laughs> for nine months to sleep on the chase lounge and not really be able to stretch out and move certain ways. And, and have any type of privacy whatsoever, no privacy whatsoever in that house. Was I grateful that just have somewhere to, to lay my head? Yes. But was those ideal conditions? No. And was that house very toxic? Yes. Highly toxic. And um, yeah, for the next nine months, now I'm like super stressed because my grandmother's, you can't live here. You got to find somewhere to go and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm not raising no babies. And um, I got something to say about that to, to black people and, and black women and men whose children become pregnant at a young age. Y'all are not helping those kids by saying um, and, telling, and telling them you got to find somewhere to go. All y'all are doing is creating... A very stressful environment for that person. You cannot sit up here and and create a stressful environment for somebody and then turn around and say, you're pregnant. You shouldn't be stressed out. You got to stay calm. Everything you feel, the baby feel, but y'all making me feel a kind of way. You're telling me to, to watch how I'm feeling, and yet you're doing everything in your power to make me feel ashamed, to make me feel less than, to make me feel like I'm not good enough. And that that was what my family did. That was how I felt. So I, I went back to school for a little while, and I had a teacher, and this is what made me just drop out for good and just say, fuck it, because she was my favorite teacher. I looked up to her. And she was my AP English teacher, Mrs. Archie. And I'll never forget, I came back and I was like asking her if I could come back to her class because I wanted to come back to school and blah, 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 blah. And she asked me what was going on. I told her I'm pregnant. And she said, I don't know how such a smart girl like yourself can be so smart and to be so dumb as to get pregnant and not get rid of that baby. Them words, you see, I'm, I'm... 33 I'll be 34 this year they have stuck with me since I was 18 y'all got people need to realize that words hurt and some things you say they will stick with people forever and you can't take that shit back the whole sticks and stones 
and words can never hurt me is bullshit. Words hurt just as much as people physically touching, you know, putting their hands on you. And so, yeah, she said that to me and I was just like, wow, okay. Um, I'm never coming back to the school. Fuck this. I'm just done. I'm done. I don't even care. And I was like that for a while. Um, at least a year, maybe almost two, a year, about a year, year or so. Um, and I did actually end up going back and getting like my GED, but I didn't graduate, you know, like I just, I stopped going after that and got really, really, really depressed. Um, because her words hurt and the way everybody else was acting around me all that shit it just hurt and it it just it made me feel so bad about myself that I don't know I was just like well maybe I should just give up altogether because everybody else done already counted me out they already think like that my life is over because I'm I'm pregnant and I'm having a child like what And then three years later, I got pregnant again with Samantha and I was 21. And being pregnant at those young ages, it's just been a struggle. It's been a struggle to keep things afloat because you need assistance. You need help. You're supposed to have a a village. You know, the whole it takes a village to to raise a child. But you don't want to raise your child in a toxic ass village. And so I just feel like the odds were against me, you know, um, no matter how much, how hard I tried. You know, I'm working two, three jobs. I finally got my GED. I started community college. I'm taking classes. I'm trying to do stuff to better myself, but people don't really want to help you do that. Um, and, and shout out to my childhood best friend and her mom because... They they were very solid at a time where I really needed that. Like, I got my aunts and them charging me to watch my daughter, but I'm making seven, you know, between $7, 7 and $8 an hour. I don't really have money to pay somebody to watch my child so that I can go to work. Um, I wasn't making any kind of money. And daycare has always been high. If you have children, then y'all know. Daycare has always been super expensive and stuff. And, you know, I felt jealous of some people who had who had their family that would genuinely help them and still wanted to see them succeed regardless of what their circumstance was. Because I really didn't have that. I really didn't. Um, they made it very hard for me to, to succeed, <laughs> you know, being in that household. Because the people you surround yourself with matter. And if those people is like stressing you out and, and things of that nature, you're not going to get as far as you want to go until you change your environment and get away from them and get away from them, period. Like, but my childhood best friend and her mom was solid. And I remember like working at Fridays and stuff. And if I would call and say, hey, can you watch Naomi? They had no problems with it. Absolutely. Drop her off. Go to work. Go to work, Selena. Like, go ahead. We got this. Her mom, my my childhood best friend's mom, her mom was everything. She was definitely like a second mom to me. I talked to her about so much. She was always a, a great person um, who would listen and give great advice. Um, her, so, yeah, shout out to Miss Cynthia because she always made me feel loved in her home and Anyway, so yeah, I had a, I had a few good ones, you know. My my childhood best friend and her mom was two of them. My cousin Brianna, she was solid. Now she couldn't always do it because again, we all got our own lives. People got to work. People have you know their own um, aspirations and things that they trying to do. But if I called and asked her these specific people for help 
They never made me feel bad for asking them for help. They never charged me for asking them for help. You know, like they never, they was just solid people. Whereas the people I thought would be in my corner and I thought would really be there, you know, like it was a time that I was paying my mom to watch my kids. And that's her grandmother. I was paying her to watch it. My my cousin, my other cousin, couldn't watch my daughter unless I was paying her. And y'all just making me struggle more. <laughs> I don't believe in passing the struggle on and making people struggle if I can help them. If I can help you and just be solid and do that shit from the muscle and help you, I'm going to do it. But that's not the type of people I had around me. For real, for real. Now, Antonio's side, his mom and them wouldn't mind watching Naomi because that was their first, their first grandchild. But I didn't like their environment at all. And I didn't trust her husband at all around my daughter, for real, for real. I always just got really weird vibes about him. And... Y'all listen to previous episodes so y'all know what I've been through. Um, So I was very wary of sending my daughter over there. Now, I can't stop their dad from taking them over there, but I definitely voiced my concerns more than once. And if you want to take her over there, you need to be there with her. You can't just leave her with them. I just I I didn't have that type of trust for them. Because if any one of them touched my child, everybody was going to die in their house. Dead ass. I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd have killed everybody in their house. Had anybody done anything to my daughter. Period. But um, I digress. My daughter will be 15 this year. And so in the last 15 years, like this pregnancy compared to me being pregnant with them, Naomi and Sam, it's been so peaceful. Not to say that I don't have like any stress or anything like that. And I don't have things that are going on in my personal life. Um, But my mindset is completely different than how it was at 18 and 21 and carrying a baby. I'm also not around any of the people that I was around when I was pregnant with my oldest two. And I think that makes all the difference. I have protected my peace and energy at all costs because people will really try to make you miserable. They will try to project their own fears and insecurities and all of that onto you. Um, all of that. And I haven't really had to deal with that too much this time around. Like I've been very protective of my energy and my peace. Um, I keep a lot of things to myself on purpose because again, a lot of people project shit onto you. And so I'm being pregnant then even being pregnant with Samantha, like When I got pregnant with Sam, I was working, I think, at TGI Fridays and Pier 1. And I I don't know if I was still trying to go to school at this point or I might have stopped. I might have dropped out again because it's hard trying to go to school and have kids. And even though I'm with their father, he's not really a partner. You know what I mean? Like, he's really not helping me. And I got something to say to all you men out there. When you have children with somebody and y'all are in a relationship and y'all live together and y'all doing the thing why y'all be sitting around just watching your your the mom do all the fucking work <laughs> if they're gonna just if they if you gonna make them do all the work they might as well be single they 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 should just be single because you're not stepping up to help anyway you know you sit there you you watch her you let her cook and clean and do all the things the mom is the one rearranging her her work schedule constantly to make accommodations for picking up and dropping off the child when y'all could be doing that as well y'all just don't want to it's like y'all got a a, a short circuit in the brain when it comes 
time to help. So this ain't for the ones that do. These, this is for the ones that don't. Man the fuck up, bruh. Because if you gonna make that woman do everything by herself, if, if y'all in a relationship, but she gotta be a single mom in that relationship, maybe you should leave her the fuck alone and just go. Because y'all be adding more stress to the fucking situation. It's like taking care of two fucking kids. And who wants to take care of a grown-ass man? <laughs> I just... No. No. So, yeah. He, um... Their dad was... I'm not going to say he was all trash. But when it came time for certain things and rearranging the schedules, it was he could never make accommodations or rearrange his schedule for our child. I always had to be the one to make the accommodations and rearrange certain things. I'm making all the doctor's appointments. I'm I'm taking the girls to certain things and coming up with certain activities for us to do. And then I'm coming home and I'm cleaning every fucking thing or I'm making dinner at night. Um, just, just, and we live together and we're paying these bills and we're going half on these bills, but you're not going half on the fucking work. When I got pregnant with Sam, Sam was a premature, Sam was born prematurely. And a few months after we, after I had Sam, me and him, I broke up with him for good. That was 2011 because he was cheating. He had a woman in our house, in my bed, um, he wasn't helping anyway. I'm paying half these bills and you you don't want to help. You just want to be out in the streets doing you and thinking I'm supposed to be this stay-at-home mom. And then that was the other thing. He didn't even want me to work. He didn't want me to work. He wanted me to be completely reliant on him. And I cannot be... I, I learned from my family that I can't rely on nobody but myself. So... He wanted me to be completely reliant on him. And it's crazy because I worked up until two weeks before I had Sam prematurely. And two weeks before I had her, I fell down the steps at work. I should have sued, but I didn't know better. And I didn't have anybody to to counsel me, to tell me, this is what you need to do. So two weeks before I had Sam, I fell down the steps at work. And her pregnancy wasn't a bad pregnancy either. Like, I didn't have the morning sickness or anything like that. Um, I didn't have any of those pregnancy symptoms outside of, like, having to go to the bathroom a lot and being sleepy. And, yeah, um, I fell down the steps at work. And I remember prior to, like, the week before I fell down the steps at work, I had gone to my doctor, um, to my gynecologist gynecologist obstetrician sorry went to my OB and I was telling her like they got me working 10 to 12 hour shifts they barely want to give me any type of any type of break and they would they would just work you for hours and hours and and want to argue with you about taking your lunch break or taking a break period and because I'm young they think they can get away with that shit you know they'll, they'll take advantage they think they can get away with it and um I told my doctor, I was like, they not, I barely get a break. I only eat like once a day, um, if that, and then I got to hide out. I'll, I'll go hiding because y'all, y'all trying to starve me, but work me to death at this job. And I remember she like wrote me a note or something like that, a doctor's note. And I had to give it to my supervisor. And I said, this is what my doctor said. Week later, I fall down the steps. A week after that, I had Samantha. And now, of course, you can't go back to work right after you have a child. You got to wait at least six weeks. And those six weeks with their father was a fucking nightmare. It was a complete nightmare. Um, he complained the whole time about having to having to pay those bills and stuff. And this is a lot. Like, where is your money going, though? You, He should have been able to handle it for what that month and a half but instead I ended up calling my great aunt and my great aunt sent me money to help me with my rent for like the next month or two um and he got jealous of that he got jealous over the fact that I had someone to call and she helped me because he would rather I rely on him and he can hold it over my head 
um, that he did something, you know? Um, and then even after having Sam, Sam wasn't home. Sam was in the hospital. She stayed in the NICU from July to Labor Day. So she was in the hospital because she wasn't supposed to be born until October. So she was very premature. Um, and then I fell into postpartum depression. And people don't talk about postpartum depression and how that is. Um, because I knew I was depressed, but I didn't really know what pro- postpartum was. Nobody talked about that. You know, they don't, they don't talk about those type of feelings that come after you've had a baby. They don't talk about any of that. And so I, I got into a really, 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 really dark place after I had Sam and it made it hard for me to go to the NICU because I'm seeing my child hooked up to all these tubes and just all these things and it was very very depressing um and even more depressing because I'm with their father and he's not supportive at all at this point he's not supportive at all it's just like a suck it up get over it type of thing and I'm just like, wow, this, this is, wow, okay. And yeah, um, so then and now, I definitely feel a lot different going into having this child. Um, also, both of my pregnancies, I feel like, were very traumatic. Um, shit, I remember when I had Nay. I, I think I kicked, I'm pretty sure I kicked my mom out the room briefly because she kept wanting to be in control. I'm the grandmom. I'm the grandmom. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. You're stressing me out. You can leave. You do not have to be here. And at this point, I don't want you here if you can't chill the fuck out. And it's always been a weird competitive type thing when it comes to that. I do not care that you are this child's grandparent. I am their mother. So at the end of the day, what I say goes. Your thoughts and opinions really don't matter over here. And then, yeah, um, I, she ended up coming back in there. But for them, that, them first couple whatever hours that I was in the hospital, she made it very stressful for me. And um, when I had Naomi, it was their dad, my aunt, my cousin, and my mom in the room. And you know something else? I didn't even want everybody in the room. I really didn't. I got what my thoughts and my feelings and what I wanted kind of got pushed to the side. And I had no voice, honestly, about what I wanted and how I wanted things to go. Everybody else was trying to tell me how I wanted it or how I should have it. And, you know, very controlling over my experience. And I feel like that also made it be a very traumatic experience for me. And then with Samantha, it was just my mom in the room. And that time, she I, I feel like having Sam, she was a little bit more supportive than when I had Nay. Um... And she was in the room, and I, Antonio made it to the room maybe like 20, 30 minutes before I pushed her out. And that time, he was the one stressing me out. But of course, I found out later why. Because one, you had another child because you was creeping. So my daughter has a, a both, they have a brother, a half brother that is, um, Sam had half brother is five months older than her. He was born in February. Sam was born in July. So he was hiding that and didn't want me to find out, which I found out two to three weeks later because he got a letter in the mail at our place from family court about having to pay child support for him. And then I found the ultrasounds and all that stuff that he had hid in our house, in our apartment. Yeah. Um, men can definitely lead a double life. Let me just say that. And he was doing that. And so, yeah, he like kind of stressed me out with Sam because 
he tried to make it seem like it was my fault that she was coming early and this wasn't my fault <laughs> like all these things and oh, after I had Sam the doctor it was a white male doctor he literally not even I think I pushed out the placenta and then he stuck his entire forearm up my vagina to support and I just I, rem- I think I passed out and um I remember screaming and passing out and supposedly there was blood all over the floor very traumatic experiences I'm not having a hospital birth with this child that I am pregnant with I'm not doing that um these doctors they don't care about you you know they they still feel like black women feel no no pain you know like it's easy to experiment on us or allow us to go through certain things and ignore what we have to say because we're black and they think black women don't feel pain and so this time around I am having a home birth I will be having my child at home um in the tub or in the pool you know water birth and um I will be having a doula and a midwife I will not fingers crossed 100% not be having my child in the hospital because the mortality rate for black women giving birth in America is high as fuck compared to white women. These doctors do not care about us. And I just, I'm not going to put myself through certain things. It's like, it's the whole saying, when you know better, you do better. And I know better now. And since I know better, I'm going to actively do better when it comes to this and my well-being and the well-being of my unborn child because I felt railroaded and like I had no say when I had Naomi and Samantha and both of those 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 birth birthing experiences were very traumatic for me very traumatic and so yeah I feel like now that I'm older, I have a lot more knowledge under my belt. I do believe in doing a lot of research and um, finding out things for myself. I'm not really the word of mouth and listening to what other people say. Like You can tell me something, but it doesn't mean I'm going to believe you right off the bat. I'm going to still go research what you said. You know what I mean? Like I'm not not just going to take your word for it. I'm going to do my own research. And so... I am very grateful that I was even able to conceive. Now, is this how I thought things would be? No, because this was nowhere in my plans. I hadn't planned on having any more children. Again, I had cancer in 2020. And after going through the treatment and the surgery and stuff like that, I was told that I most likely would not be able to conceive and have another child. So the fact that I am pregnant right now is a miracle in itself. And so I'm very blessed, very grateful to be able to go through this experience and to be able to go through this experience the way I want to and not the way everybody else is trying to tell you what to do. Because, when, again, when you're younger and you're a teenager, people want to control what you do, what you say, what you wear, how you... They want to control every single thing of your life. And now that I'm older and I've learned so much, I've learned a lot about creating my boundaries. I've learned a lot about um, home births and... Um, giving birth in the, versus giving birth in the hospital and things of that nature. Now that I have certain knowledge under my belt, I don't feel that fear 
because when I was having Naomi and Sam, I feel like I was just operating constantly out of a state of fear and anxiety and just all of those things, all of those things, especially since I'm in or I was in a very toxic environment. Um, now, the the child that I'm pregnant with, my unborn unborn child, the father is not going to be present. And I'm 100% okay with that. Um, again, I will choose my peace over choosing to deal with somebody else's bullshit. So if you show me that you don't want to be around and you don't want any parts of this or things of that nature, even though you the one that didn't fucking listen. <laughs> uh, when we had our, our discussion prior to having sexual relationships with, with each other, you know, you, you played around the whole fuck around and found out. Now you found out I'm pregnant and now you oh, So whatever. Um, I'm okay with that because I've raised my daughters on my own and they are amazing little humans okay they are amazing people they are compassionate they uh they speak up for themselves they know how to create boundaries and stuff now like they they're helpful they're loving they are all these they have all these amazing qualities to them and I did that I raised them I did that and so I'm very confident in my ability to raise a child. And now, especially now, because like when I was younger, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I definitely wasn't perfect. I'm just, I was trying to find my way like everybody else. And it's not to say that I know everything, but I know more than I knew. And so it's just, it's very nice to be going into having another baby, knowing what I know now. Because, again, if if I was like 21, 22 again, I probably would be freaking out. But I'm not freaking out. Do I have things I need to figure out? Yes, because I am a single mom. I am the sole provider of my household. I have zero help. Zero help. Let's be honest. Now, I mean, you have people that say, oh, I got you. No, I still have zero help because for the things that I really, really need help with, those are the things I have to figure out for myself because the help is just not there. And that's okay. I've been doing it by myself for so long. I know I'm going to figure it out. Um, But there's no fear, you know, like I have zero fear. I have zero anxiety. I have not been depressed um okay no that's a lie I think I was a little bit depressed in the beginning um slightly depressed but you know I I talked to my therapist and things like that and I actively work on the things that I was having issues with so for the most part it has been very smooth sailing this pregnancy um I have kept a lot of things under wraps and to myself for the sole purpose of protecting my peace um, and not taking on other people's projections and stuff like that because um, they find out that you're pregnant. And of course, they got all their 20 billion horror stories about what happened to them and just all these things. And now the main question I'm getting because I'm showing is what are you having? What are you having? And um, I'm not telling I'm not telling you guys that I'm not telling anyone what I'm having. I'm going to find out what I'm having this upcoming week, this Tuesday. But am I sharing that information? No, no, I'm not. I don't plan to and I'm not. OK, I'm just I'm not. Um, because for real, for real, what does it matter what does it matter? It doesn't matter if I have a girl or boy. What matters to me is that this baby is carried full term and is healthy. 
that is what matters to me. And then, you know, um, my, my circle, all my friends, everybody, people that find out that I'm pregnant automatically assume that I'm having a boy. If I am, great. If I'm not, great. Again, it's not really any of your business what I am having. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's going to be around raising this child is me. I have very minimal help. And I am okay with that. Um, A part of me, I would love to have, you know, that tribe of people that I could really lean on. But realistically, in, in reality, it's still just me. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm okay with that. I'm a loner. I like to be alone. I like to make my own my own decisions, you know, without interference from other people. And so, yeah, I'm very excited and optimistic about this pregnancy. Um, I have now started to feel the baby kick. Is that it was just kicking a few minutes ago. And so... Yeah, very excited for what is to come. So yeah, just to just to recap, um, you know, being pregnant as a teenager was very hard. It was very hard to find my way and find my own voice that wasn't um, tainted by everybody else's thoughts and perceptions and things of that nature compared to now. Like now I know who I am and am I, you know, changing and growing constantly? Yes. Yes, I am. But I'm more confident in my abilities. I'm more confident in myself. Um, I'm, I'm just... I know at the end of the day, I can do it, you know, with or without the help. Um, Is help preferred? Yes. But again, I can do it with or without. And so I, I think the biggest difference between being pregnant as a teen, you know, being a teen mom versus being a mom in her 30s or being pregnant in her 30s and getting ready to start over is my mindset. That is the biggest difference. My mindset is completely different than it was when I was 18 and 21. And I'm real happy about that because there's some people that still stuck with their 18, 19, 20, 21 year old mindset. Some people do not know how to grow. Some people get stuck and stay in the same, the same cycles that don't take you anywhere. And I feel like over these past 15 years of me being a mom, I have grown and changed a lot. I have actively put in that work to become a better version of myself so that I can be what my children need and be, you know, be there for them in ways that people were not there for me, you know? So like even, even this child is going to be raised differently than my oldest too is because as we get older hopefully we learn and we grow and we adapt you know and apply those changes to our lives like um homeschooling is something I intend on doing this time around home birth um home natural birth is something I intend on doing this time around um there are a lot of different things like when my daughters was little, I would yell a lot. And do I still get annoyed and yell sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Because right now my hormones is out of whack. So I have found that I do get annoyed easier um, and a lot quicker than I did before I was pregnant. But I do know how to communicate better now. Like I I know how to effectively communicate my emotions. I know when I start to feel annoyed and stuff like that, I know how to communicate and say, hey, can you just give me a moment? 
because that allows me to recenter myself and get myself back together. Now, am I perfect? Hell no. I'm going to say this. No, 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 no. I am not perfect, okay? I'm not. But um, still, I, I am definitely in a better headspace than I was at 18 and 21. I am, I've surrounded myself with, um, with people that want to see me succeed and do great and are, you know, they support me in whatever ways I may need that support, whether it's emotionally, sometimes I have friends that might help support me financially because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to work after a while, so I'm going to need help. And, um, you know, just just being there to provide that support when it's needed and not making me feel like I'm some type of burden because I asked for help. Um, so, yeah, I would say if you are in your 30s, late 20s, early 30s, and you're thinking about having a child, um, do the work on yourself first. You know, go to therapy, get help, figure out what your triggers are. Um, and find you people that are going to be supportive in the ways that you need them to be supportive. Okay. Cause people, we, oh, I'm supportive. I'm supportive. And it's not the type of support that you asked for. For example, like, um, being a business owner, you can support me by sharing my business posts by, placing orders on my website and things of that nature. What's not supportive is you asking me to make certain accommodations for you, you know, or you asking me to come make you a piece of jewelry or something like that for exposure. That's not, no, that's not (laughs) supportive to me. You, uh, people have to start supporting people in the ways that they need and ask to be supported instead of, doing what they think that you know it it doesn't constitute as support you have to be willing to listen to what that person needs and if you can't meet those needs or expectations and you can't support them in the way that they are asking to be supported that is fine but don't don't uh don't pretend I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. But yes, at the end of the day, being pregnant now is like, it's been so amazing for me. It's been so amazing. My skin is glowing. My hair is growing. Um, You know, I'm very excited. I definitely had some moments where I was nervous because Sam was a preemie. So I was wondering if I was going to have those same issues this time around but each pregnancy is different you know and this is my third go around with it even though it's been over a decade I'm not you know like swimming in the dark you know what I mean like I'm not just out in the ocean not knowing which way to go so very excited for the next part of my journey and you know, for all all my fellow mommies out there, continue to kick ass, yo, with or without the help. Do you want the help? Yeah, of course. It's greatly appreciated. But if you are with somebody and your partner is not supportive in the ways that you need them to be supportive, just know that you can do it. You can do it, okay? You can do it. You have all the tools necessary to succeed with or without the support that you need okay so yes thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode if you would like to follow me on social media i will be sure to link you know put my my names in the description box um if you want to keep up with me in real time you can check out my youtube page And I'll put that in the description box as well. If you would like to shop with me and or purchase 
you know, any of my journals. I have self-care journals and goal-setting journals and stuff available for purchase on Amazon. I will be sure to place my link in the description box. And please don't forget to share this podcast and know that I greatly appreciate those of you who continue to tune in each week. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And if you have any questions or anything or you want to discuss um, or you want some, you have a topic that you would like me to talk about in an upcoming episode, feel free to send me a DM. My page is public. OK, shoot me a message or, you know, comment on the post. Um, I'm, I'm always down for a discussion, you know. And if you don't have that platform or anything to discuss what you want to talk about on, again, send it my way. I'll be sure to talk about it in a future episode. And I hope you guys have a great start to your week. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to Words from a Philly John. I'll see you next weekend.